Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our scripture passage uh, this morning is the fifth chapter of Matthew's Gospel. I'll be reading verses 1 through 12. Uh, It's the passage uh, uh, commonly called the Beatitudes. Uh, As we come to this text, let me invite us first to join together in prayer. Gracious God, because you are God, it is your word and your word alone that is life for us. And because you are gracious, We trust that even now, even here, you will speak to us. We are here, O God. We are listening. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let us listen for God's word for us. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. As Jesus began his ministry, he said, the kingdom of heaven has come near. His followers, no doubt, wanted to know what life in this kingdom was like. For the kingdom of heaven is not the same as heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the life of heaven that pushes its way into the here and now. And Jesus' ministry can be understood as his effort to teach and to show us what the kingdom of heaven is like. And his first words about the kingdom life are found here in what we call the Beatitudes. They are descriptions of a blessed life during this season of Lent. I want to invite us to consider a number of these Beatitudes. I've entitled this series, World Turned Upside Down. It's not a shout-out to Hamilton, but rather a description of what Jesus considers a blessed life 
to be. And, and it's a bit upside down from the way we tend to think of life normally. Uh, Barbara Brown Taylor, a teacher and preacher, she, she remembers as a child standing on her head in her backyard, uh, something that causes me neck pain as I think about it right now. She said if she could maintain her balance long enough, she said the grass hung like fringe and the blue lawn stretched out below her forever. She could dance on the clouds as the birds flew beneath her feet. And then she said, I think Jesus should have asked the crowd to stand on their heads when he taught them the Beatitudes because that's what he was doing. He was turning the known world upside down. Jesus finds blessing in some surprising places. I wonder if you agree with him on where a blessed life can be found. Jesus said the truly blessed are not those whose life are put together and comfortable, not those lives that are filled with work that matters and, and beneficiaries of communal respect. Blessing is not found in having the right answers or even constructing a successful life. Now look, none of that is bad. It's desirable even, but from the perspective of the kingdom of heaven, it's just incomplete. Jesus said the truly blessed are those whose hearts are pure and those whose hearts are broken. He said the truly blessed are the meek and the merciful, even the persecuted. So do you think he's right about that? I, I honestly don't know many folks who pursue these circumstances. So what does it mean to be blessed like this? Dr. Kate Bowler is a professor of church history at Duke University, and she's written a book entitled Blessed. It is a scholarly study of what's called the prosperity gospel, a common theology in the American church. In a nutshell, the prosperity gospel is, the theology is something like this. God wants to bless you. God wants you to have a wonderful life. And the way that God blesses you is by being your provider of good health and even wealth. And all you have to do to live this blessed life is to have faith. If your faith is strong enough, then you will be healthy and wealthy and all will be well. Sounds good, but it's actually pretty hard to reconcile that theology with the life of Jesus as his life was not defined by wealth at all, and, but by service and eventually the cross. Jesus held different values. N nevertheless, I, I think there's a bit of prosperity gospel theology in all of us. And what I mean is... When the circumstances of life fall in pleasant places and we look at that through the lens of faith, we tend to think that we've been blessed 
that God has been gracious to us. But clearly Jesus understands an aspect of blessing that is not just having life circumstances fall in pleasant places, but it's more our living in the right place, in the right ways. And the first right place is the poor in spirit, Jesus says. Uh, what does that mean, actually, to be poor in spirit? Well, the poor in spirit are those who know they are lacking something. They're impoverished in some fashion. They are in need. Look, every day, every day you and I, we endeavor to build a life, to construct a life. We set our goals, we, we devote our energies, we make our plans, we build a life. It's a good and faithful thing to do, it is. But there's a shadow side to it, and the shadow side is particularly prevalent when we do a good job building a life. The more successful we become, the easier it is to assume that we are builders of our own life, and therefore not impoverished in any way. We don't need anything. If you're as old as I am, you remember Michael J. Fox as Alex Keaton on the old TV show Family Ties. He sprung board from that to movie career, most successfully the Back to the Future series, and then found his way to Spin City and others. He's a funny guy, but Michael J. Fox has a serious side to him as well. He said one morning in a hotel room on a TV shoot, he, he awakened himself with his own finger tapping against the back of his head. It was the first symptom of what would soon be diagnosed as Parkinson's disease. Like it does for most, Parkinson's disease changed Michael J. Fox's life. He writes about it in a book he's entitled, Lucky Man. And Fox surprisingly describes Parkinson's as a gift, as a blessing. Now look, you and I know, and he does too, being sick is never a blessing. It's never a gift. But blessings come from the most surprising places. And he calls his illness a gift because his own testimony is this. He said, until he got sick, his whole life was about Michael J. Fox. His whole life, all of his energy was centered on building his life, and he was quite good at it, and everything was going up and up and up, and he needed nothing, and he needed no one. And all of that crashed when he became sick. He said he realized he couldn't control everything and that he was dependent in some ways, impoverished in some ways, poor in spirit. This is the truth of us. 
we are finite. There are limits for us. There's a limit to what we can do. Now, being finite is not a bad thing, but it is an inescapable reality of being human. We are creatures, not the creator, and so there are limits. About a dozen years ago, I think, about a dozen years ago, my son was in, in high school, and he decided he was going to go out for the cross-country team, which caught his mother and I by surprise because we don't remember ever seeing him run anywhere at all, much less run for miles. But as it got closer to the start of the school year, I said, hey, you're going out for cross country. You want to go take a run? Let's go take a run. He said, sure, let's go. So we took a run three or four miles. And oh, when we started out, he was strong. He, he was strong. He was talking, singing a little bit. He was doing great. And that began to fade. And by the time we reached the end of the run, I had left him in the dust. See, I had been running all summer. He hadn't run at all. I left him in the dust. We went out a couple of days later, same thing. Went out maybe a couple of days later, same thing. Went out another time, we reversed roles. He left me in the dust and was waiting in the driveway when I eventually got there gasping for breath. It took him about three or four runs before he could pass me, and, well, I've never caught up with him since. I'm limited. We're finite. There's a limit to our strength. There's a limit to our knowledge. There's a limit to our wisdom. Eventually, there's a limit to our days. And if we live life in the right place, in the blessed place, we're honest about our own limits. And part of that means to construct a blessed life, we depend on God. We can't do it on our own. It's beyond our capacity. Jesus says, knowing that we need God is the place where a blessed life begins. Think of, think of it this way. Do you have a person in your life, the person, the one you need. Maybe it's a spouse or a friend or a roommate or a sister. But on that day when everything falls apart, this is the person you, you go to and you just share it all. You let it all out. And in that moment, there's kind of a paradox. You you know how much you need this person, and you know how blessed it is to need. I think that's what Jesus means by poor in spirit. We can't build a life alone. We need God. And when you know that and lean into that, it's blessed. I was taught a little bit this, about this by Wilkin. I, I met Wilkin a few years ago when I went with several of you to the Dominican Republic. Wilkin runs the Light a Candle ministry that we support there. His, his life is pretty hard compared to most of us. He, he is surrounded by crushing poverty, unbelievable poverty that he battles every day with a grace and strength that I, quite frankly, have never demonstrated in my own life. Every day is hard. 
But Wilkin is a joyful guy. He loves easily. He's a talented musician and an amazing leader and a man of deep faith. And he's quite comfortable naming his dependence, his poverty. He says, Tom, we can't do this without you. This light a candle ministry, this caring for these people, we cannot do this without the village church in Prairie Village. We need you. And God has brought you to us for this holy work. He knows his dependence on us and on God. And when it comes to seeing the blessed reality of being poor in spirit, Wilkin has been my teacher. Now, his circumstances may make it easier to see that he is poor in spirit, maybe. But Jesus didn't say there are some who are dependent on God. He said everyone is dependent on God. And the blessed ones are the ones who know it. Poor in spirit, it's not something you have to achieve. It's just something you have to see. The truth is, when you know you need God, that is the beginning of a blessed life. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.